Well, good morning and welcome to worship. Their seats right down in front. There it is. See? <laughs> Spirited people know how to work that. Yeah, good. Uh, thank you for being here this absolutely fine day. We have cards, and those cards, you got a sample? Do, 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 do. Oh, you already got one. Good. Here's all I'm going to say about that. Pastor Hazel's going to talk about it in her sermon. Done. This last week, uh, there was lunch in the lounge. It was awesome. And um, uh, it's uh, Wednesdays from 11.30 to 12.30. And if you would like to support that effort in some way, visit with myself or Pastor Hazel or Elizabeth. And uh, we'll uh, certainly have some ideas for ways that you can help the summer student population on campus, including if you have summer student workers, tell them that there's free lunch here in the chapel on Wednesdays from 11.30 to 12.30. Deal? We just uh, finished a Senate assembly where we elected a bishop. Uh, it is the bishop for the Senate in which this university resides. Uh, re-elected Bishop R. Guy Irwin. Um, his reaction after that election was, it was uh, magnificent. He sort of grabbed his chest, not because he was having heart pains, but uh, he was just so deeply appreciative of being re-elected. And uh, that was a, a magnificent moment for our Synod. Uh, also, if you notice, uh, we have hermetically sealed carpet uh, on the far side, a uh, little plastic wrap on the floor, uh, because we've got construction workers working on a closet, and the closet will become the new location for the Wadu. Uh, this is the washing station for our Muslim students, uh, and faculty and staff on campus, as they come to prepare themselves for prayer, which they often do here in the Interfaith Chapel. And so um, that sort of washing station is critical for them, just so you know. Home improvements. We gather in this place, some empty, some filled, some whole, some broken, yearning for your spirit. Surround us with your presence, Lord. We come as ordinary people, trusting that God will continue to illumine our hearts. We make our way to the table of grace so we might be fed by the bread of life, touched by grace so that we may serve others healed by unconditional love so that we may bring hope to the world. Pray with me. Everlasting God, you are the constant caregiver, one who never forsakes us. You love us as a mother who cradles her children. You are the teacher patiently repeating your words to us, and we worship you. Holy Spirit, you are the power that gives us peace. You are the wisdom that reveals the broken in our midst. You are the spokesperson, our advocate, and we welcome you. God of community, come and dwell among us. Amen. Amen. Today's reading comes from uh, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound, like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, they were devoted Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of, each of us in our own native languages? languages? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, and Jews, and proselytes, Cretans, and Arabs. In our languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds and power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Now, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be God declared. <clears throat> in the last days, it will be God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heavens above, and, sigh, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon blood. The sun, um, before the coming of the Lord's great glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Last week, I was able to spend some time over at the Maxwell Doherty's house. You see, we had a convocator here from Alaska who had brought down five high school students and who wanted to come and check out CLU. So I went over to Scott and Melissa's for dinner and I brought my eldest daughter because she was someone close to their age who could talk about Alaska, California, and what that would look like at CLU, what life would be here. But something amazing happened over the course of dinner. There were some discussions regarding the similarities between Alaskan culture and Latin American culture. And one of those similarities is the art of storytelling, a form that is found in most indigenous communities to provide a way of teaching. These stories, they tell of our origins, Often they tell about how God is present, they teach us about ethics, and they challenge us on how to approach morality. Or, if you're a high school student and you're meeting another high school student for the first time, they connect you because there is nothing better than a good ghost story <laughs> during dinner. <laughs> so why am I bringing this up? Because... This morning, we have an amazing story to unpack. It is the story of Pentecost. The story has always fascinated me. Now, Pentecost actually comes from the Jewish harvest 
festival called Shavuot, which incidentally is the holiday that commemorates the moment when God gave the Torah or the law to the Jewish nation, the moment when God spoke God's word to the people in a manner that they can actually hear, listen, and absorb. So the disciples are celebrating this festival with other Jews from all the regions of the ancient world in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon them. And it's like a strong wind and it looks like tongues of fire. I had someone ask me this morning what that meant. What does that mean? So I went and I looked up in the Greek and the word glossa actually is used to describe a nation distinguished by speech. So yes, there are these physical languages that are actually suspended in the air above each person and they look like fire. And do you know what fire does? I think we've all experienced it living in this region it begins to spread. And in this moment that they finally find themselves in, the foreign languages are spread amongst them and they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? There's no misunderstandings, none. It's not like when you're traveling and you attempt to ask where the bathroom is in the foreign language, but then you find yourself insulting the person because you used the wrong word. That's not what's happening here. There's actually full understanding. There is immediate community. And the Holy Spirit builds that community like that, in a snap, in an instant. So the Pentecost reading in Acts is about community, a community of those who've lived alongside Jesus, who have watched him die and have witnessed his resurrection. It is also about a community who didn't, because there are Jews at this festival who haven't heard the news of Jesus yet. And now they're all gathered together, and they get filled with the Spirit, and they begin to speak. Storytelling links them together. The disciples live the stories, and now in this moment, they actually become the storytellers. But I want to take a moment to remind you that this community has actually been ministered to for years by one of the greatest storytellers who has ever lived. One who has woven powerful parables, helping them to understand God's grace through fantastic tales. They have witnessed miracles. They have struggled with their own fears, their prejudices, their unkindness, and their sin through story. And it has been with this storyteller that they have witnessed that risk and the price of radical action and that it cost him his life. And now they're holding on to that story, believing that death does not have the final word because they have been witness to the resurrection. That's a lot of living, a lot of listening, and witnessing. And now, now it's early in the morning How are they feeling? Maybe they're filled with fear, confusion, awe, and wonder. Certainly, there's some grief, because after all, their friend has died. So there are questions. Maybe the grief of losing Jesus has left them speechless. And then, (laughs) maybe 
the wind comes and the fire comes and there is language and they're given the courage to speak again, to tell their stories and to take their own risks by using their voice. Their grief is given voice. Their hope is given voice and their silence is over and it is about time for them to become storytellers. But you know what I love about this story in particular? I love that the people aren't just made to turn their backs on who they are. God could have easily allowed them to speak one language. I mean, I'm, I'm not God, but if I was, it would have been simpler for them to just speak one language, right? So, no, there's various languages spoken here. God honors their diversity, their identities, their culture, and their individuality. God allows them to communicate with one another on their own planes. Isn't that amazing? The idea that the Holy Spirit builds community with all of who they are, not just changing who they are, but that, that is everything that God is appreciating in them. But there's two sides to storytelling, right? Now, I know you might not know this, and it might come as a surprise, but I want you guys to know that I'm actually an extrovert. I know, it's a shocker. <clears throat> but I have to tell you that some of the dearest people in my life are actually introverts. And some of the greatest stories and lessons that I have learned have by taking a moment to slow down and to listen. This is where introverts excel in my life. They have taught me to reflect and absorb in ways that sometimes are totally lost on me. They have taught me to take time. It is about time that we take a lesson from them. I need time for myself, time for others, time for the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to listen to some really good stories and time to be with one another and with God. And you know, it's really sad because there is a real lack of stories today. We're bombarded by images and quick reads on our Facebook pages. Often we don't really take time to sit with each other and to talk face to face. How often do we actually listen? It is common for me to go to a restaurant and observe folks at a meal or in the airport <laughs> with one another and they're not communicating because their attention is actually on a screen. Our world is inundated with so much information and honestly, we don't remember anything anymore because everything is at our fingertips and we can just look it up. And so not only are we losing the art of storytelling, we're losing the art of memory keeping. Stories are memories and memories are lost if they're not told. I love remembering, I love sharing what I remember, and I love hearing what others remember, especially and particularly when I'm remembering someone that they have lost. Because by telling those stories, it builds community and it helps us to heal. That's actually what the people in Pentecost are doing. They're sharing and they're remembering Jesus. It's about time to get back to our human connection, the one that is found in conversation. Listen, I know it's hard. Directions, recipes, guitar chords, jokes, 
poetry, I can find all of that on the internet. But sometimes it's better to ask, to slow down, and to connect with other people and take back our time. So how often do we make spaces for our friends where there is no screens? Spaces with long, empty, and sometimes very uncomfortable silences, but they're there. And they create stories because they begin to emerge and bubble to the surface. How often do we take time to just sit in silence? Am I good at it? No. <laughs> Probably guessed. But I need to remind myself to do it. So, da -da -da -da, I created a tool. That's right, for this summer. So we're gonna have a little bingo game playing this summer on the campus. It's here on this card. You have a whole bunch of options as to what to do and how to reflect and how to be in community with each other. How to take time for yourself and to take time with others. And here's the deal, there are prizes. That's right. So if you get a line, that's bingo, right? But if you ch And you can come in and get a prize, and that's great. But if you choose to do the whole summer and black out your card, then you will be given a prize and also a raffle ticket to one of three grand prizes. Huh? Yes. I want you guys to use it. I want to share our stories behind using it with one another, and I want us to come in here and tell it to me, because I want to hear your stories. I want us to be community. Let us allow our stories and our connection together on this campus to spread like fire. Amen. We pray. God, give us eyes to see the beauty of your world in all of its variety. Help us to view other people in the light of your love. Help me to shake the need to be anyone other than you have created me to be. Insert self-confidence in the face of self-doubt. Insert self-assuredness when there is no outward validation. Insert self-love in the face of prejudice. Insert human kindness when discrimination abounds. Insert self-compassion when I'm at fault. And insert faith to lean on you when everything around is crumbling. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and the love of God. May the blessing of the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. I invite you to share a sign of God's peace with those all around you.